What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Unscaled Travel Show. I'm Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. And of course, uh, you're listening to the best travel show in the world. I do say that, you know, so myself. In today's episode, we are going to look back on our fond memories of summer and how vacations and summer travel has really changed over the years. We're going to have some fun stories to share, and uh, hopefully we'll have you reminiscing about them good old summer days, right? Uh, as always, you can contact us at fullmetaltraveler.com for all of our past episodes and guest interviews. And joining me as always is my co-host, Amy Long. Hello, Amy. Hello. Oh, man, man, man. You know, it's kind of one of those bittersweet moments, Amy. We're uh, talking about the end of the summer. Right, right. The those good old days of summer where they wrap up and all the kids go back to school, which as a parent is lovely as a kid, not so much. <laughs> uh, and it seems like, you know, I don't know, the older we've gotten, the the quicker summers have like, they, they seem to pass. They do. But I mean, when we were kids, you didn't go back to school until after Labor Day. Now you go back to school in August. I mean, it's almost like you get a weekend off. Kids get a weekend off and then they're back in school. Yeah, they're just starting to get used to that, you know, sleeping all day, staying up all night, playing video games and eating hot Cheetos. And then it's suddenly time to buy school supplies. Oh, the, the, wow. School supplies. That is something right there. That is a, that is a, uh, uh, they don't blow up your budget, especially after <laughs> right. summer. I mean, summertime is, you know, you usually get the kids in and you get, I mean, you're spending a little bit more on food because, especially if you have teenagers, they each had out, out of house and home. Yes. Um, uh, and school you, supplies, school clothes, because oh, you know yeah. you have to do the new wardrobe to go back to school. Oh, I mean, hey, d- layaway. Do people <laughs> do? Is, does layaway still exist? I don't know, but oh, I grew yeah. up with layaway. Mm-hmm. And that's how all of our stuff was bought. Oh yeah, man, you'd look at it too all summer because you got to go up there with your parents and pay every, every ten dollars so. a paycheck. Yeah, on it. yeah. And then like sometimes you'd see your stuff in the back. You're like, ooh, you know, <laughs> three months was. Those uh, Reeboks are mine. Those light-up ones. You ever and have hopefully they shoes? still fit you if you're growing fast. Oh, my gosh, right? Oh. And, like, one summer, one summer, that did happen to me. Like, we got some shoes at the beginning of summer, put them on layaway. By the end of summer, by the time we got them out, they didn't fit. Oh, no. My mom. <laughs> did she make you wear them anyway? Dude, <laughs> she was mad at me for growing <laughs> I think that's why I stopped growing. I think that's why I'm a small individual now. Like, she got mad at me. Like, it was my fault. Like, I, how dare you and your feet grow? And I'm like, I right, What am I going to do? You know, uh, it's also kind of those times, like, I, mean, I don't think, you know, do you, you almost barely have time to, like, uh, go on vacations anymore. Because yeah. it's like one thing runs into another. It led me to think, like, do, do kids still go to summer camp? Uh, I think they do. I know some people that I work with whose kids go to summer camp, but they are more specialized for their child's interests. Like if they play a sport uh-huh. or uh, one of my friends sent her son to a leadership conference. He was a young teen where he learned like public speaking and kind of leadership skills, things like that, that she said he actually had a really good time. But I don't, I don't know if kids go to camp in the way like, movies make it out to be like what's the old movie the parent trap where the girls meet at summer camp is that still a thing i don't know i've never known anybody that's gone to a camp like that yeah like good times like uh camp crystal lake i heard a bunch of teenagers went there and uh met a guy named jason 
had a good time. You know, got some athletic endeavors in running, swimming, drowning, something with machetes. I don't know. It slips my mind now. Uh, Here's some interesting facts for you. Here's something for you. Because people often think camping, it's changed over the course of even just the last 100 years. What we think of camping today is so much different. Because, you know, like earlier this year, I got to go to West Virginia to a very good camp. Uh, You know, uh, it was called Adventures... Adventures on the, on the gully, on the gully, on the, the river. gorge. Uh, Adventures on the gorge. Jeez, why did you know that? And I didn't. Adventures on the gorge. It's in West Virginia, but there they have a zip line. They have you know all kinds of like river rafting and all kinds of fun stuff. It's a little bit different than how we started camping in the U.S. And believe it or not, a lot of these camps uh, were pushed forward by women and women's groups. So we owe a lot of like summer camp, like as we know it, you know, to women who often women who do not want their kids at home during the summer. No, to (laughs) to the actual women who went camping. They were like, hey, this is fun because, I mean, you think about it, women, (laughs) women back in the 1800s and 19, I mean, you know, I mean, were they taking a break from their lives? Yes. Okay. (laughs) That was a reprieve. And of course, men came along and they were like, hey, this is cool. Men ruined it all, didn't they? We. Uh, you know what? I plead the fifth one. Uh, yeah. The very first camp, as we know it, organized in the United States was uh, something called the Gunnery Camp. Uh, Frederick, Frederick, <laughs> Frederick W. Gunn. That's a good name. Frederick W. Gunn and his wife, Abigail, operated this uh, kind of homeschool camp for boys uh, in Connecticut. And it was known as the Gunnery School. And this is like this is one of, I guess, the first recognized summer camps boys would go there and they really concentrated on camping the outdoors swimming and things like that that all operated basically on this guy's farm Hmm. in connecticut and this was in 1861 oh wow so 1861 in the summertime you know what was happening in april of 1861 enlighten me please the start of the civil war (laughs) i don't know if there's any correlation but you know the Civil War starts, and all of a sudden we're like, hey, you know what's fun? Let's go outside and camp a little bit. Maybe I, maybe it was a way to get their children farther away from I, potential danger. Was it only open to... I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> for, for uh, contextual purposes, uh, camps or camps that would come along later but were founded earlier were something like the YMCA. The YMCA was actually founded in London. In 1844. I did not know that. With the first U.S. chapter uh, opening up in 1851. So a good 10 years before the gunnery camp. But it it wasn't like we know it now, like the YMC we know now. Uh, and, of course, the, the Young Women's Christian Association, the YWCA camp, first camp, opened in 1874. But are these camps like they're going out into the wilderness and staying or camps like where you go drop your kid off at a building and they make crafts and play the, in the pool for a couple <laughs> hours? The YWCA was more of a camp. It was outdoors. It was tents. It was all of that. But, you know, these were cooler areas also. So it's not like you were camping in Texas. It was camping like in Connecticut and these mm. kind of places where it was generally cooler in the summertime. Now, you know, we, we've kind of messed up our planet. But so it's a little bit hotter in these areas, but a lot of these areas that we, the first camps opened, uh, were in very cooler areas. So Do they have mosquitoes in Connecticut. 
There are a lot of mosquitoes in Texas, and being outside in the summer. If there if there's standing water, there's going to be mosquitoes. Mm. So I imagine at different times. But you know, if it's fresh flowing, if it's fresh, you know, probably not. There are a lot of like different bugs. And gnats oh yeah, and that's stuff. A, that's a whole other issue. Ugh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you remember things like bug juice? Did you ever drink bug juice? No, I did not drink bug juice. Man, you remember? That I don't was like even. Summertime passage. Oh, you're talking about a drink called bug juice, not actual bug juice. <laughs> What? <laughs> what well, obviously, you? I didn't drink that either because I didn't know what you were talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. Oh, did you eat bugs? You know, were you one of those kids? Oh, you eat dirt? No, but I did catch fireflies at night, things like that. I mean, we didn't go to camp, but we lived a little bit outside of the city. So it was not rural, but there were a lot of trees and grass and lots of fireflies and things. So we played outside a lot. I think that's changed. Hmm. I think kids don't play outside as much. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, we've replaced really, I mean, playing outside and you remember bicycle gangs. Oh yeah. That's where you, that's how you knew where your friends were. Right. You'd ride around looking for the, the thing of bicycles everywhere. Well, and like your parents didn't know where you were all day long. You yeah. would leave the house and get on your bike. All you knew is you had to be home before it was dark. That's it. When the street lights came on. Time to go home. You better have your butt at home, right? <laughs> Keep it right here. This is the Unscaled Travel Show. We're talking favorite summer, summer memories. We're going to have more when we come back. Welcome back to Unscaled Travel Show. I'm Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. Thanks for joining us. We are talking about our favorite summer memories as we look back on the end of summer here, how travel has changed over the years. And, uh, you know, got us thinking we were talking, uh, you know, during the break about some of our favorite childhood memories because uh, I mentioned bug juice in the last <laughs> in the last segment. Did you ever drink bug juice? Uh, and of course, my co-host Amy was like, "Ooh, bugs!" And like, I can't believe you didn't have bug juice. I don't even know what you're talking. Oftentimes, about. like different camps had different ingredients for their bug juice. Sometimes it was just wild concoctions of, you know, uh, I don't know, Sprite and Hawaiian Punch and all kinds of like, you know, we we would call it like adults call it trash can punch. Oh yeah. But I mean, then I think a couple of years ago they actually did come up with a bug juice. Uh, drink. I don't recall this, but that doesn't mean anything. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what? There is a bugjuice.com where you can buy their top flavors. They have fruit punch. Uh, they have, all, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So that's like a commercial thing now. But back in the day, it was more <laughs> of a, it was more of just like a, you know, concoction of things. When, so, when you just mix a whole bunch of stuff together and dare somebody to drink it? Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, we got bug juice. And of course, kids were like, oh, is that real bug juice? You're like, yes. It's made from bug guts and things like that. And gross, you know, kids are Kids, kids are like fun. to be gross. What uh, What are some of your earliest summer or childhood, like either travel memories or vacation memories or anything? I have a very early vacation memory. What mm. For a few years... In the early 80s, there was an amusement park called Hanna-Barbera Land. 
Hanna-Barbera was the company behind cartoons like the Flintstones. Yeah. And so this amusement park was outside of Houston, and we lived in Texas. And I remember going there. I was about three or four and seeing the big Fred Flintstone guy walking around. And I think Scooby-Doo maybe. But the thing I remember most is they had a giant uh, bouncy house with balls in it and being little it was the biggest bouncy house i had ever seen and i got (laughs) on the bouncy on the bouncy floor and there were so many other kids that i kept getting knocked over and my mom had to come on there and pull me off of it because i couldn't even crawl (laughs) off of the bouncy house because i was too little (laughs) and the other kids were too Uh, violently jumping (laughs) they were violently jumping I'm sure it was fun for them. It was not. It was traumatizing for a four-year-old. But that is my first <laughs> summer vacation memory. You, have, your first summer vacation memory is PTSD from a from a bounce house. Other than that, it was a great a great memory. But uh, yeah, <laughs> a little scary for a four-year-old. Other than the the, the concussion <laughs> and the uh, and the CTE, probably. <laughs> It's a I, great I was not thrown from the bouncy house. I just was never able to stand up on the, <laughs> on the bouncy floor or whatever you call it. It's like, a, did, did you ever have a trampoline and like you would try to get up and your friends are all bouncing you around and you can't even get up <laughs> from it? We were not allowed to get on trampolines because they were dangerous. Remember mm. when they didn't used to have nets around them? But I oh, did yeah, get on a French yeah. trampoline one time and that was also before the metal piping around the side would have that foam stuff on uh-huh. it. Yeah. And it was super hot and their trampoline did not have any shade and the pipe burnt my leg. <laughs> I don't know why my summer memories are all a little bit um, traumatic. <laughs> but a good summer memory I have is my grandma used mm. to have a slip and slide oh, in her backyard, yeah. but it was broken and the water would not shoot out of the little holes on the sides so she would go and get lawn or mm-hmm. dishwashing detergent mm. and squirt it on there and then use the hose mm-hmm. but then you would get bubbles in your eyes <laughs> but it was so much fun because there were bubbles everywhere you didn't care <laughs> so we're all sliding all the green kids sliding on the slip and slide in the backyard crying from the bubbles in our eyes but having so much fun that we didn't Just care <laughs> You can't see. You're blind. <laughs> and our yard wasn't very big. So the slip and slide really went from one end to the other. Yeah. So you would try to run at an angle and slide and hopefully not go off into the grass. But if you managed to stay on the slip and slide, then you ran into the fence on the other side of it. <laughs> so much fun. There was always that rock that, oh, you, yeah. that you, you missed. And the initial walk yeah, through, because before like you that. lay the slim slide down, you have to go check yeah, for rocks. You gotta go. You gotta walk the ground. Make sure you've. And then there's inevitably there's one that you know you missed always, and it usually found my tush. Oh, yeah. Every single time, man, I was that guy who found the slip and slide rock. I had slip and slides. I completely forgot about slip and slides. We loved them. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like we, I mean, we grew up poor. I mean, that, we just we grew up poor. That's a very honest way of putting like, it. Like yes. we didn't have the slip inside. We used the trash bags, or like the the thicker pieces of plastic, like you like the tarps like or tarping? something. Like tarping. Oh, yeah. And we'd also use the dish soap because you can't slide on those without soap. No, no. Because uh, you, know, you ever just try to run on it with water? <laughs> <laughs> take you get the, road rash from take it. Take the skin off your leg, you right. know, kind of thing. So I mean, we were poor. Uh, and so we would do that and you would build up like the mud pit 
Oh, yeah. From where you're taking off with your foot. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we did get, on occasion, we did get to go to places like, I grew up in the, in, around Houston like you did, the same town. Uh, actually, weird, huh, right? I, I'm, I'm aware of what town he grew mm. up in, yeah. <laughs> Some people aren't. <laughs> uh, but, so, like, I don't know if you ever went to nearby, about an hour away, is San Jacinto, Texas. San Jacinto is uh, the place where, you know, Texas kind of won its freedom, and so it kind of means something to Texans, not to anyone else. Uh, but for years there, they housed the Battleship Texas. Yeah. It was, you know, became basically a floating museum. Um, and we would we went there a couple of times, and I loved it. You still love museums. I Well, I still love museums, but I loved the Battleship Texas. Man, I, the giant guns. Yeah. And they had, the like, the old gunneries, like, that you could sit in. Like the guys used to back, you know, what war was that? World War II? There you go. Uh, and <laughs> whatever war. Uh, but we went there a couple of times. And that is some of my like earliest. And I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about like zoos. Right. And uh, like drive through petting zoos and not petting zoos, yes. but like drive through wildlife things. Mm-hmm. We, my mom and my brother and I, we went on this one trip where we went to the Battleship Texas, had a great time. And that was all metal too. So you talked about burning yourself. Oh yeah, burn myself completely. And then we went to this uh, wildlife thing, and that's where I was attacked violently by an emu. I mean, <laughs> I it didn't actually to touch me, but like in my, <laughs> you talk about PTSD. <laughs> you have trauma too. <laughs> in my mind, it was traumatic. An emu, like <laughs> you would get food <laughs> to feed these animals, like this drive-through safari. And they would put it, they put it like, I don't know why, in a, like a, uh, an ice cream cup. Oh, yeah. Like the, the cone. Yeah. They put it in an ice cream cone for some reason. And this emu stuck its head through the side window of my mom's car and started pecking at the food. And I screamed <laughs> and dropped it on the floor. And then this emu's long-headed, long, long-headed, long-necked long and head thing started picking it between my <laughs> legs at the food on the ground. And I was screaming and kicking at it. It was trying to eat. And my mom was laughing. And just we, she didn't move the car. And I was screaming at her to like, drive away. It can't just be us that had traumatic childhood vacation memories. No. Uh, it, was it, do you think it was generational? Like just the <laughs> 80s were traumatic I for think, all children? I think, I think the trauma is what made it fun. And that's why we look back on a lot of memories and go and laugh. Sharing our traumatic childhood memories. This is Unscaled Travel Show. Keep it right here. We're going to continue more when we come back. Welcome back to Unscaled Travel Show. I'm Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. Remember, check us out at fullmetaltraveler.com for all of our past episodes and interviews. We'll appreciate it. We really do. Uh, We're talking favorite summer childhood memories favorite travel memories from when we were young in the uh, dead of summer burning things on uh, metal rods and (laughs) being traumatic having traumatic things happen to us that's where the fun is uh you mentioned some of your road trips and and things like that but we also kind of mentioned earlier a little bit about camping now i didn't really camp when i was younger i was not really an outdoor kind of like i didn't do fishing and stuff like that i mean we grew up in southeast texas both of us and you know that's kind of like a an outdoor fisherman's kind of playground that's what they kind of call it because with all the rivers and lakes and things like that but i didn't really do any of that stuff so summer times 
were more of, and I did grow up in a pretty religious household. Me too. So I spent, we, I do have memories of going, when I was older, a teenager, going to a religious type summer camp that we would go for like two weeks. Yeah, I did the same thing. I went once as a kid. I think I was around 10 or 11. And then once I was an actual teenager, I went for two or three years in a row, which people here, you know, church summer camp and they have all kinds of thoughts Mm. it was it was more like just outdoor activities but then you also had just a church service at the end of every day Mm -hmm. but it's more geared to kids but it was fun I did enjoy going it's probably the only time I ever really uh, slept in a dorm style room and I remember that being weird the first time like you're telling me there's going to be 12 girls sleeping in this one room and we all have to share a bathroom that was strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we had fun. I, did, I don't know if we went to the same camp or not, uh, but it was in Columbus. Mm, outside I don't of recall. Houston. Okay. So Columbus at the time was very small and it was actually home to one of the first Bucky's. Oh, there was a Bucky's yeah. on the corner. Now Bucky's are everywhere and people know about them, but really that's where I remember Bucky's convenience store from. Uh, but we would go there for about two weeks and we actually, the, from the time we went till the last time I went, I think I was maybe a senior in high school. Maybe. Maybe it was my junior year. But uh, we saw it transform to, from this like little bitty camp with not much to do except just walk around for hours at a time, which that's kind of what teenagers yeah. did back then, yeah. to like by the end year, they had like dual water slides. Oh, yeah. And like this giant pool area and all this fun stuff. And I was like, man, where was this junk like years ago? Because <laughs> we would just walk around in the woods, like, I hope you didn't get eaten by a mountain lion or something. Right. Oh, we didn't have mountain lions in, in that I area. I mean, ours would have like set activities, like, it, and it was yeah. kind of age appropriate too. So every. Every year, you know, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds, you all stayed together and did activities. Mm-hmm. But um, they would have those, remember those giant parachute things and everybody would grab a side of it and <laughs> you wave it the in the giant air. giant parachute, yeah. And, you know, and like dodgeball and stuff, like typical kid games. Now, what did you do with the parachute? Did you all play the game like underneath where you put it underneath, you like gym class? I, or did people get on the parachute? Oh, no, people around? did not get on. That was really? That was too dangerous. Mm. No, no, no. I do remember they had one of those giant um, ball things that a person gets in and you can like bounce into other people. Yes. And yes, they made me get in it. And I, I'm kind of a, a small in stature person. And I always have been. And I got ran over and they had to send me to the nurse. Again, another <laughs> dramatic experience. <laughs> but I got hurt. I got uh. ran over and it like hurt my ankle because <laughs> only your feet was... and your hands are like in your head is sticking out of this thing. Oh my God. I was trying not to laugh and I think I caused myself some harm here. But yeah. <laughs> Something you is have... always happening to me. Go ahead. <laughs> You get run over more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. Because I'm tiny. You've been run over like as an adult. I I mean, you fall up our stairs. You fall down our stairs. You went flying off my bike once. That's Um, another story. That's That's a a whole other story. But wow. Okay. Yeah. No, but uh, we we had similar games. But it was really, I mean, those summer camps were really more about, uh, you know, doing art. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's kind of where and it's changed so much and we just, we saw it with our own kids who mm-hmm. are older now who oh, both just started college oh, oh I'm so sad now um, but we saw the difference between 
our summers and their summers. Now kids are, you know, virtual reality and texting and things like that. And they've substituted outside for inside. Some people are against it all the way. I'm kind of in the middle. Right. Look, we live in Las Vegas. That's where we live. And the summers here... When it's hot, hot, it's like 115, 116 degrees on regular days through July and August. It is way too hot to just be walking around at noon, you know, just outside with no plan. And then you add in asphalt or the roads and stuff like that. I mean, it can be dangerous. Yeah. There are plenty of people that do pass away here on regular summers. So I don't believe in that. But I do believe that kids should have something to do. And there are different programs. We've talked in the past to different camping organizations. You can, again, go on our website and find those interviews where they really talk about getting out at night, looking at the stars, doing more as far as, uh, not not astrology, but (laughs) astronomy. Astronomy. I mean, we did do, we did try to spend a lot of time outside with our kids. We enjoy being in our backyard and just getting out and being in our neighborhood. So we did a lot of stuff like that. But we do also, or we have, not before our kids left us, um, tried to take <laughs> them on a trip every year. So yeah. I think the first trip we really took them on, we drove from Texas to Florida and we went to the beach. We did. And it was such a fun, relaxing trip just to hang out on the beach all day. And then when it got too hot there, we'd go back to the hotel and just take a nap and then go back out when it wasn't quite so hot. Except when we almost died in the giant maze. Oh, well, yeah. The, the giant maze. We went to uh, Panama City Beach, Florida, and they had a giant outdoor maze, which, you know, sounds fun <laughs> on paper. Uh, and then 10 minutes into it when it's sweltering and there's no shade. No shade. On this thing, except for little camp, little areas you would get to just, you know, like you could walk up a flight of steps and kind of get an overview of the of the thing they had some shade up there but when you're just walking around and like no water stations it was downright miserable did we even complete that we did not we got to there there were some um exits for losers basically (laughs) and we we took the first one of those because it was just too even the kids were miserable yeah they were all red faced and everything they had a lot of fun on the beach we have so many pictures from that trip uh and it really kind of inspired us for later on because a few years later uh, after we moved here, one of our first big family trips is we rented a house on uh, at Lake Tahoe. I love that trip. That so, is probably one yeah. of my my favorite family mm-hmm. vacations we've gone on. Yeah, right there with you, man. We had so much fun. The house was just a very short distance away from the lake. It was in walking distance. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. Just that there were games. I think it was at the early, the early part of Airbnb because I think yeah. it was an Airbnb house. Uh, but it, they had games there and like the, the little towns around Lake Tahoe where uh, they they did a lot of stuff for summer travelers and yeah. they adhered to families. And so there was putt-butt and, and things like that to do. We, it was a lot We of fun. rented kayaks. We all went parasailing. First time we've all, we parasailed. So we did. And I remember memory. our daughter wearing jeans. Yeah. And because she wore jeans, the guys on the boat thought it would be funnier to like dip her in the water <laughs> and leave her there. And her jeans were soaked. She thought she looked cool. <laughs> we told she... her she should change. She realized we were telling the truth <laughs> after she was soaking wet. <laughs> that was so much fun. And then I think one of our first trips when we actually moved here to Vegas was going to 
Disneyland. It was the very beginning oh, of summer, yeah. the very first time we went to Disneyland right. in, in California. And it was our first Disneyland experience overall. And we had so much fun. We did. We had a lot of fun. I mean, you, it, the first time you take your kids to Disney is just magical for all of you, regardless of the age. But it was it was a great trip. And we still have those ears downstairs in a box for everybody to see. <laughs> if you go to Disney, you got to get the ears. You have to get the ears. So we yeah. have pirate ears and princess ears downstairs. Can you, can you have summer without the, the Mickey ears? No, I don't think you can. You got to have at least one summer like that. What are your favorite childhood summer memories? That's what we're talking today on Unscaled Travel Show. Keep it right here after the break. We're going to have more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Unscaled Travel Show. I'm Jeremy Long. Full Metal Traveler, remember, check us out, fullmetaltraveler.com. Our past interviews and uh, episodes, all right there. And uh, we're talking today about some of our favorite summer travel memories and childhood memories of summertime as we were growing up. Uh, just kind of that ode to the end of summer. And, uh, you know, we were talking about some of our first trips as a family when our kids were younger and now that they're older. And uh, you mentioned the Mickey ears, the Mickey yeah. ears you get from Disneyland. And I think that's kind of a rite of passage. You gotta, you gotta own at least one pair. I'm not, there are some people that own like every pair out there. Hey, whatever, do with your money, whatever you want to. But it got me thinking about uh, different tokens that we take with us, different uh, treasures and souvenirs that yeah. we, you know, sometimes collect. Sometimes we just. Yeah. You have an interesting uh, souvenir collection. Oh, don't say it like that. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> not okay interesting is the wrong word you have a souvenir collection <laughs> that makes it sound like i'm collecting coins oh this one right here no you're collecting uh, little spoons and thimbles yeah <laughs> so that uh, that in itself is a good point over the years like i mean we're talking years from our generation to our parents and our grandparents back then spoons thimbles uh, you remember the commemorative plates? Yes, I do. My grandparents had a commemorative plate from all 50 states. All 50 states? Yeah. They used to, when I was a kid, so I mean, they were already retirement age, but they would leave every summer for six weeks in their RV and just drive to a new part of the country they'd never been to before. And they got a plate in every single state and they used, they were lining the wall in their living area. So all around the top of the ceiling was all 50 plates. And they like all look it. exactly the Oops, they all look exactly the same. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you got so excited you smacked the mic. I did. I apologize. Uh, that's fun. It, that brings up a good point because like there were those days where you would bring people over or if you captured somebody on the st- <laughs> capture captured somebody. <laughs> that's that's the wrong word. <laughs> If you had people in your house, you would often, it was like you, you had a slideshow. Oh yeah. A slideshow of, uh, you know, your summer, uh, whatever, whatever you did for the summer. Hey, this is our trip to the Grand Canyon. And you would sit there and make force people. Yep. I remember watching my grandparents' slideshows. Really? Yeah. They would, they would come in like a few days after they came home from these trips, we would all go over to their house and they would play the slideshow. Yeah. Wow. 
Yep. Like people, I mean, that's when you went and got your film developed and everything. But oh yeah, I mean, my when my parents moved just a few years ago, I helped them pack up, and my both my grandparents have passed on at this point. But in my parents' house were the boxes of all the slides, and every year's vacation had its own little box, and it would say, you know, 1962 Utah or whatever, and all the little slides are in there, perfectly hmm. lined up. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean now now people don't do that. You put all your pictures on social media and everybody mm. knows exactly the time that you went to go see the Grand Canyon or the Taj Mahal or you know the Eiffel Tower. They're seeing it almost in real time with you. Yeah, people are are kind of along for the vacation with you. And at the same time, you post a handful of photos and that's generally it. Uh and then depending on how you curate your photos, you may pick the best two or three and be like, hey, Rome was fun. And that was it. And imagine years from now, I mean, you're not going, uh, are we going to be passing on photos like that to our, our when's grandkids? The, when's and the last time you actually printed a photo? Hmm. That is interesting. Uh, that, well, uh, maybe a couple years ago. We, we, printed, we printed some last year, I think. Okay, so I, I printed something I, I have hung in my office right? that I have in my office of different uh, trips that we've gone on. But as far as just like printing a photo album and like printing like, Hey, this was our trip to Japan or whatever. You don't do that anymore. No, and there's, don't. I mean, maybe you go to Walgreens or CVS and they might have one of those photo kiosks, Yeah, but you don't really do that anymore. And it's like those kind of traditions that felt, well, anyway, that felt like traditions Yeah, growing up. I don't think our kids or grandkids are going to, no, I mean, people don't about have that. photo, like physical photo albums mm -hmm. anymore. It's everything's digital. You have that digital picture frame that you gave grandma last year for Mother's Day. And mm -hmm. it's a slideshow of pictures, which is nice. But what happens if the power goes out? Grandma can't look at pictures. It's a little sad. There's no physical pictures anymore. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny to me. Uh, <laughs> what happens to grandma? Well, you know, she can't uh, see no pictures no more. <laughs> Who cares that our AC's out and it's 115 outside? I mean, but we do we do find other ways to commemorate our travels. Mm. But, you know, like how? What I mean, what do you do? You collect things? I I like stickers. So, oh, yeah. oh, okay, you know, yes. There we, are a number of stickers on we various buy a boxes. Sticker everywhere we go. We have a couple of wooden boxes that are covered in in various travel stickers. Mm -hmm. I also like magnets. So every magnet on our fridge is travel related it's yeah. somewhere we've been or mm -hmm. it's some activity that we've gone and done so it's to me it's a way every single day to see all the places that we've traveled to and it is amazing that almost every single time i go to our fridge i look at one of them and it brings instantly brings exactly. me back to that trip exactly that's probably one of the best one and i think that is still something carried on from other times and everything. I mean, you remember you used to like put pictures of people you loved on there, but like, whatever with that, <laughs> we, we started doing pictures of places. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really mean. I'm sure some people do that. Uh, they pictures start, of people that oh, there just to be clear, there is one picture of our family on our fridge <laughs> and the rest, the rest are all magnets <laughs> of places mm, we've been mm -hmm. or things we have done. <laughs> Something like that. People we've captured. Uh, what else? I mean, because like the the stickers on the boxes actually remind me of. I mean, remember the old suitcases? 
oh, and you yeah. would stick the, the the stickers all over them and like places you had gone. And that was, that was like to show people you were a world traveler. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people really do that anymore. I mean, some people put stickers on like their laptops mm-hmm. or on if you have like, you know, you see it on guitar cases and things like that. But I don't think it's really that widely done anymore. You just, I don't know. I think more and more people travel, so maybe it's less impressive. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's always like the shirts. Yeah. And uh, different hats and things. And I, at times, you know me, I don't really like to buy shirts in places because most of the time they're just little touristy, kitschy, overpriced things, you know, and you could never get them to fit right. Although I am currently wearing a shirt from Cozumel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not, uh, you know, the irony is not lost on me that I sit here in a Cozumel shirt. Uh, but oftentimes, like, I, why did I buy this? Out of necessity. <laughs> I bought this almost out of necessity at, in Cozumel. Because once again, it rained while we were on vacation yeah. and we got drenched and it was our last set of clothes. <laughs> it was oh, the last yeah. day. And so we had to go buy clothes to wear <laughs> home, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so the change in just souvenirs has evolved with the times. Um, you see it when you go into little, I mean, most places have little touristy uh, souvenir shops. I don't think that's going to go away. No. Um, but like you said earlier, I collect lapel pins. I just pin them to a board I have in my office and things. But what are some of those other things that we... Well, like we always buy our daughter a snow globe when yeah, we travel. Snow globes. Yeah, but as snow globes. as we've seen traveling to other countries, they're not as common there. So we've actually missed out on getting her a snow globe in a few places because we could not find one. Here in the U.S., they're everywhere. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what souvenir shop you go in, you're going to find a couple of snow globes. But they're I think it was a couple of places in Europe. Yeah, they were harder we to find, find in Europe. And I think we did find some in Japan, but mm-hmm. again, not not very common. Yeah. But you and I have started trying to buy other things that we can actually incorporate into our lives. And I know you're going to laugh, but we bought that wooden bowl in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually use it. You it's a got, salad bowl. You got worked for that bowl. <laughs> it's a beautiful bowl. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, the, you had this little this little old lady. She was little and old, but she, you know what? She worked you for that price, man. You know what? You it was the so only much. souvenir I bought that whole trip, though. That's so the only one we could care. afford. <laughs> that lady took every last dollar that you Stop had it. for that bowl that Stop she probably it. had 300 of them in the back room. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't buy that string art that every single store we went into, they were telling us, oh, my family makes this. And my grandmother's been making these for decades. And I'm like, yeah, it's in the same exact store next to you. I don't think your grandmother made both of those. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have. fall for that, but I did buy the beautiful hand-painted wooden bowl that probably wasn't even actually hand-painted. It's not even wood. <laughs> Stop. I think it's plastic. It's got a wood veneer on it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a great, great memory, though. And every time we use that bowl, we talk about it. We do. And we have laughs just like this. Thanks for joining us. We had so much fun. Check us out, fullmetaltraveler.com. This is the Unscaled Show. We'll see you next time.